Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Isn't it, uh, isn't it awesome just being together in the presence of the Lord? Oh man, it's so good to be with you today. My name is Andrew. If you don't know me, if we haven't met yet, I'm one of the elders here at Love City Church. And I have the honor and privilege to uh, bring you the Word of God today. <laughs> Joel, if you could just set my, top, my uh, timer for 65 minutes. And just let me know when I get to 30 so that I'll start winding down. No, I'm just kidding. Um, man, we've been in a series uh, called uh, Momentum. And the time we've been taking in this series is to remind ourselves and as a church how to move forward together in unity. Now, uh, speaking of unity, uh, Pastor Ryan and Pastor Stephanie are in uh, St. Albert, just outside of Edmonton, at Kingdom Church. And so uh, they are celebrating as they um, commemorate a new building to the Lord. So we're excited. Let's give it up for Kingdom Church as they bring in. And Brittany, if you wouldn't mind just putting the house lights down a little bit to that one. Thank you. Uh, I love all your face. I love seeing you guys. I just don't want to be too bright for you. So uh, so we miss Pastor uh, Ryan's staff, but uh, they're having a great time just uh, in- encouraging that team there today. So um, so I just want to pray real quick and uh, pray for the message. So Lord, we just thank you for this time. God, I-, I thank you for every person that we have in this place that made the decision to come to church today, Father. I pray that you would um, use the word that you have prepared today, Lord, to speak to every heart that we would open our hearts and our minds to receive your message. Would you personalize these words for each and every heart here, Lord? We give you all the uh, praise and honor and glory. We thank you that you're here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, come on. So we're learning about momentum. Momentum is movement in the right direction. Now, oftentimes in our life, we can... Maybe not be going forward in our spiritual walk and our journey with the Lord. And we're maybe going backwards, which isn't helpful, or even stuck, which can sometimes be just as bad. The reason we're doing this series is because we want to move forward together in unity as a church. We want forward momentum in the right direction as we follow the Bible's teaching, as we follow Jesus in every aspect and every point of our lives. The reason we do that is because we've experienced the life change and the transformation that comes from a living, personal, active relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you've had that encounter with God, would you lift your hand today and say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, that he set us free from uh, death and a slavery to sin. Come on. We just want to welcome our online community and those in the overflow room. We want to thank you for being in church today. We are so excited to move forward together. Even though you're separated by a wall, we have a door that just cuts through. Come on. Our relationship to God has transformed us. Now, last week, Pastor Ryan preached on how uh, the first thing the church did uh, on the day of Pentecost is that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Today, we're going to be looking at the next things that they did on that first day. Now, a bit of context, if you're new to the team or maybe don't, you know, haven't really read too much of the Bible, maybe you heard some of the things. What we're talking about is in the book of Acts, 
And um, what happened is, is Jesus Christ came to this earth, uh, fully God, fully man. He died, he rose again, and he ascended to heaven. And he promised the believers that he would send a helper to them. That is the Holy Spirit. As a believer, the Holy Spirit now lives in you if you call Jesus your Lord. Now, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon these believers, and they had an encounter with God. And all these Jewish people who had, for uh, centuries, followed the, uh, uh, the uh, teachings of the uh, Old Testament and were, were, um, were waiting for this coming Messiah, these believers said, no, 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 he's here. He was killed, crucified, died and rose again on the third day. And he ascended to the Father. He's now sent us the Holy Spirit. So Peter preached this message. And here's what it says in Acts 2, 41 to 42. It says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Now, the word church, you may have heard this before, is the word ekklesia in the Greek. It means a, a gathering of people. Uh, to be called out. It's an assembly of people. We don't go to church. I know it's easier to just say that. We are the church. We, we, we're we here at a meeting together with the church. Uh, it's not a building. It's a people. It's a body. Um, the Bible says that when you, uh, when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord, when you believe in him, that you are added to the church. You are added to God's family. God adopted you into his own family, and it was for his good pleasure. These are your spiritual brothers and sisters sitting around you, which means you got to get along, okay, and no fighting during the service. I will put you on a timeout. So these believers were added to each other, and then they devoted themselves. Now, we've been pressing on this because we want you to get it. This word devotion means almost to addict yourself to something, to be so committed and fully embrace something, to never quit, to constantly and consistently give your attention to something. That's what the believers did. They devoted themselves first to God and to the apostles' teaching and then to each other as a part of the body of Christ. Now, in the Jewish culture, this was a big deal. All their family, those that maybe didn't agree with the message, because there was, I think, almost a million Jewish people uh, in uh, Jerusalem at that time. There's only 3,000 of that million people that, that, that were added to the church that day. So there was a lot of families that turned away or kicked out family members because they made a confession of faith that that coming Messiah had now come in Jesus Christ. Look at your brother and sister and say, Jesus has come. Who didn't say it? Did anyone hear? No, somebody? No, just pull. Come forward. No, just kidding. Come on. So they, they left Judaism. These believers left behind this life that was cut out and carved out, this traditional system of religiosity, religion that, that they had grown up with. They're, they're, in the Jewish days, this was a big deal to, to set aside and shun your family because you believed in Jesus Christ. And others rejected him. But on this day, they were added to a new family, a spiritual family. You know, Jesus in the Bible, he says, your mother and brother and sister outside. He's like, no, 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 these are my mother and brother and sister. 
Did you know that we have the same Heavenly Father as Jesus Christ? Jesus calls us his brother and his sister. You see, it caused them to completely reprioritize their lives. The good news of Jesus Christ will absolutely transform and change your life. It changes everything. Your work, your job, it's not an excuse to change spouses. You, you stay together. It changes everything but your spouse in that you stay committed to one another. Well, he said, he said, I could. No, you cannot. You stay committed to one another. It changes the way you view your relationship. Thank you, Lord. It changes the way that you lay your life down for your spouse. What they had in common now was they believed in Jesus. They believed that what he said was the truth. That he is the truth and the life. That he is the only way to God. He's the only way to heaven. There's salvation in no other name. So they shared something now so strongly in common that transformed their lives and caused them to put aside everything else around them. The spiritual family of God is the only thing that will last till eternity. Your earthly families will fade, physically pass away, but the church of Jesus Christ will remain forever. You are part of a spiritual family as a believer in Jesus Christ that will last forever in his presence. Now, the next slide will uh, just highlight a couple things we're going to focus on today, which says, all the believers devoted themselves to fellowship and to sharing in meals. All the believers. It's pretty black and white. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is a result of what you do. This is what happens when your life has been changed and transformed by the living gospel and the good news of Jesus, is that you devote yourself to other people. This wasn't optional in the context of uh, the early uh, church, and it's the same, and it's true today, as much as it is back then. That On the first day of the church, this is what the believers did. They were added to a spiritual family, and then they spent their lives together in relationship, sharing in meals, fellowship. Now, this word fellowship, it's gotten a bit of a, a weak sauce rap. Uh, it's, it just, it kind of makes you think like, oh, fellowship, like, is that something you guys do after church where you, yeah, we're going to have uh, fruit punch and, and Marcy brought some egg salad sandwiches. So join us if you're new in the fellowship hall after church. It's going to be a wonderful time together, which to me sounds like a pretty awesome party personally. Uh, I love egg salad sandwiches. That's not what it means. The word fellowship means intimacy, communion, commitment, community, active participation. It means you've got some skin in the game. That you're a part of this body and you recognize 
there's participation. The believers did this in genuine and authentic community. There were no spectators. There no, were no attenders. You haven't been placed in attendance. You've been placed in a family. This is spiritual friendship. You know, what makes uh, friends friends isn't that you have a, a great you know, affection for that person necessarily. It's that you share something in common. There's something that you have together that has captured your heart so deeply and passionately. It's the transformation of Jesus Christ in your life that you find in someone else. And, and you say, oh, you too? I thought I was the only one. That they, that they have been through something that uh, eventually becomes a part of their testimony to how they are led to the life-saving relationship in Jesus Christ. That's friendship. It's not just an affection for other people. It's something that you share in common with other people that makes you spiritual family and friends. C.S. Lewis said in a book that I've never read, but the quote was fairly relevant and I needed one more slide. The very condition of having friends is that we should want something else besides friends, where the truthful answer to the question, do you see the same truth, would be, I see nothing and I don't care about the truth. I only want a friend. No friendship can come from that. Though affection, of course, may. There would be nothing for the friendship to be about. And friendship must be about something. There are friendships in the church, in the gathering, in the faith community that cannot exist anywhere else. There is a lot that Carrie and I don't have in common. But we have one thing in common. We've both been transformed and changed by Jesus Christ. So that's why she's my sister in Jesus when she's going through something, we pray together. We put our hands on, our, on each other's shoulders and we lift up uh, our situation to the Lord because we're family. We're part of God's spiritual family. You see, the, the church is one of the organizations, the only organizations that exists for people outside the community, for people outside. There's no club. There's nothing you need to do to get in. You come as you are. You uh, belong before you believe. Philippians 2 says, gives us context on how we're to treat each other and how we're to act. It says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. The Bible, as we learned last week, gives us a, a, a clear plumb line, a level, a foundation on how we are instructed to live our lives, and that it's for good. There's a good plan that God has for us. This is how we're to treat each other in the same way that Jesus 
died and gave everything for you. That's how we're to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Choosing to be a part of a faith community is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength. It is a sign of health. When you recognize, I need help today. Already even this morning, I've had people praying for me. Just um, We recognize how much we need each other. And we share in the spirit. We have common union together and an intimate spiritual friendship and relationship. In Galatians 5, 25 to 26, it says, Now since we have chosen to walk with the Spirit, let's keep each step in perfect sync with God's Spirit. This will happen when we set aside our self-interest and work together to create true community instead of a culture consumed by provocation, pride, and envy. Provocation is uh, constantly uh, annoying one another. Praise God that we can eradicate that from our church as we set aside our own self-interests and work together to create true community. We work together to create true community. This is not the pastor's job. This is our job as followers of Jesus Christ to work together to create true community. It pushes you out of your comfort zone. Our comfort zone, if you think of it, it's generally going to be somewhere alone, isolated, on a lazy boy, watching baseball or something. Uh, That's not what God has called us to. You see, this Christian community pushes us out of this comfort zone. Don't wait for someone to invite you to a group. Invite yourself to a group. Don't wait to talk to somebody. Go find someone. Talk to them. Create some community. This is how we work together as a church in our groups. It's not just a Bible study. It is life-on-life community with one another. It's intimacy. It's sharing our lives openly and honestly. It's sharing our struggles and praying with one another. We do this together and in unity so that we can move forward with momentum. Now, some of us, quite plainly, we're missing out on this miracle in our lives. We've separated ourselves or we've stepped back from community and we prefer some isolation so we can be a bit more comfortable. And we miss out on what happens and what God wants to do in our lives through other people. He uses the body of believers. Um, That transformation, that change, that sense of belonging that you're looking for in your life comes through relationship with Jesus Christ first, and then you're added to the family. That means we need to continue to encourage each other, not neglect the meeting together, continue to pray for one another, and don't separate yourself and miss out on what God wants to do in your life, and you reflect back years from now and say, oh, I wonder why that didn't go as well as I thought. Oh man, I really made a, a mistake there. You know, that decision probably wasn't for the best because you're trying to do it on your own. You can't be a, a Christian apart from the church. It's as simple as that. The scripture shows us that, that all the believers committed themselves, devoted themselves to the work of Jesus Christ. 
Now, sometimes we separate ourselves uh, from this intimacy and this fellowship in our lives because we've been hurt. We use our experiences with people to excuse ourselves from being a part of God's community. Don't let hurt and offense keep you back from sharing the intimacy and the fellowship that God has for your life among other people. Um, Don't be naive. The enemy looking to destroy you will keep you or try to keep you isolated and alone. He'll use that as fuel for the fire. Oh, that person hurt me. Or I said that thing and they didn't really uh, respect me or listen to me. I don't think I'm going to go to a group. I'm not to know. I don't need to plug in. I don't need to share my life. The church is full of a bunch of hypocrites. Well, come on. We got room for one more. It's an old Zig Ziglar joke. Don't be, don't, don't be too offended. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Uh, when the church, uh, shortly after first started, we were meeting at Third Academy. Uh, one time, I was in charge of, uh, I was bringing the, uh, d- the donuts to church, which I am well qualified for. And uh, we had a, just an amazing, powerful service. And what we would do is we'd meet together with some of the new folks and invite them to a, a small kind of like meet and greet. You could call it our, our fellowship hall, I guess. And we, you know, set up pipe and drape and there'd be some people around. And, and we'd just welcome, you know, hey, just Pastor Ryan and Steph would share a little bit about the church and why we're here and why we exist. And um, I remember on, on this one day, for whatever reason, we were busy, distracted, and we forgot the donuts. We didn't, we didn't remember the donuts. Now, there was a lot going on, right? We're setting up a lot of pipe and drape. We're, we're putting in the blood, sweat, and tears. And then the service was just incredible. Rich, you know, presence. People giving their lives to the Lord. And I remember people would come to this gathering. We had bubbly, of course, and they came after church, and they're just saying, oh, man, it was so awesome. And then people gave their lives to the Lord right there. And we watched. I watched visibly uh, a lady who was just absolutely overwhelmed by God's presence, tears running down her cheek as she gave her life to the Lord. And I thought, wow, how awesome that we get to participate in this, that we get to be a part. I know what that's like. I know what that's like to see that lady's life change. Everything around her now, moving forward to eternity, is different. After the service and the time together, we're setting up pipe and drape. And I see Pastor Ryan start coming over to me. And I think, oh, he's, gonna, he's coming over and he's going to say, Brother Andrew, today we spiritually moved forward. We helped advance God's kingdom. Today was a great day. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he walked up and he said, hey, where are the donuts? Now, I appreciate a good donut more than most people. This prayer and fasting season, the Lord's been identifying the D word for me. Uh, but I was upset. I was offended. Do you know how long? We, we were here two hours before the service, setting up all this pipe and dress, pipe and drape. Uh, we just did a lot of work. Lives were changed. People were transformed. And you're talking about donuts? 
Now, I didn't say that out loud, but I sure thought it. And I kept thinking about it. And I kept thinking about it. And I kept thinking about it. And I chewed on it. You see, the enemy tried to sneak in and encamp to make me hurt and frustrated. And our pastor doesn't even know how hard we work. I bring the donuts every other day. And I forget one day, and that's what you're concerned about. I had to get a mouth guard for my teeth because of how much I was grinding on this day. And he still has not paid for it. I sent him the invoice. Mouth guards are not cheap. Any dentists in the room know that. But you know what I did the very next day because it just sat on you. You know when something, you just, whether it's sometimes it's sin, sometimes it's uh, unforgiveness, or, or you just haven't had a conversation with someone where you're like, man, I know we, got, we, just, we need to talk about this. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be hard. But we need to do it. That was one of these moments. I went to work the next day. I found a private room. I just texted Ryan. I said, I need to speak with you. I just need to talk to you. And of course, Ryan, like he, he, he didn't think that, you know, uh, anything of it. Just thought, oh, whatever, we're just going to catch up. Um, and I called him. And I just said, man, I just got to tell you, I, I was hurt. I was frustrated. I thought, like, it was an exciting day and, and lives were changed. And he's like, I'm sorry. We forgave each other. And in those moments, what the enemy tried to do, his plan was foiled. He's like looking, and he's like, what the heck? They're apologizing to each other, these grown men, about the donuts? No, this was, this was supposed to stay with them and be one of those things that they left the church over. And I make it about something else years later that said, oh, no, we just felt that a calling of the Lord to move. Which, if, if God calls you to that, absolutely. But don't let an offense or hurt be the real underlying reason as to why you're not pursuing intimacy and fellowship with other believers in the context of a local church setting. We are part of a spiritual family, and Jesus says to forgive each other 70 times 7, which, if you're under the age of 14, means Googleplex. Forever, Ivan. That's how much we're supposed to forgive each other. Constantly, consistently, to Googleplex. This is how we practice our faith. Jesus said in John 13, Now I'm giving you a new commandment to love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. How do people know you're saved? How do people know you have a relationship with Jesus? It's by how you treat these people around you. How you treat people in this gathering and in your relationships and in your groups when you're serving on a team that other people will see how we treat each other hear the story of it and be like something's different with that why is that it's because I've been forgiven a much because I've been forgiven a much I do the same I forgive other people you can only gauge a person's commitment to Christ by reviewing his commitment to other members of God's family. How do you know you're saved? How do you know you're following Jesus? You're in relationship with other people. You're being intimate and open and honest with other people. You're disregarding your own interests and you're letting others get ahead. You're helping others get ahead. That's why so many of us feel a longing in our spirit 
have a, a friendship, but we only want a friend. We don't want intimacy and fellowship, which is what we need, which is what God wants for us. He said it is not good that we are alone. He created other people for us to be in community. When we're not, and when the momentum slows and stops, it becomes religious duty. We do it just to show up, and we're just kind of punching the clock, but we don't actually care about what's happening. There's a lack of intimacy. That that religion kills momentum in your life. It'll cause you to stay stagnant, stuck, and backsliding. Frankly, moving away from relationship with God. Instead, we need to stay devoted to each other. We need to stay committed. Added to the church, we devote ourselves to the scriptures, to the good news of Jesus Christ, and to each other in fellowship. Here was the result of what happened with Abraham. The Bible says that as they did this, a sense of awe came over them all. All the believers. Now this word awe is like amazement. It's like a holy fear. It's a reverent respect for the Lord God. You know when you just look up at the stars on a, on a dark night, away from the city lights, and you see just how vast the stars are, and you're just like, <sighs> that's what came over the followers of Jesus in the scriptures. That's what came over the followers of Jesus in the early church. And that's what God wants to do again today. He is still moving. He is still working. And he wants us to be in awe of what he's going to do. Lives changed and transformation. People that are so far from God, they just recognize, they get to the end of themselves in their situation. And they say, I just need God. I need a personal relationship with Jesus. And as you do, you're added to a family. Because this is what Jesus did for us. He gave everything. He gave his life for us. And we ought to do the same for each other. Show that we're saved by by being disciples of him and, and giving our lives to one another. If you're uh, maybe just visiting or checking out this church, um, we love you. If you think that, hey, maybe I want to be a part of this, we encourage you to make this your home. And if it's not, and you're, you know, you find another healthy church, that's awesome. But my encouragement to you is to find a local church and stay committed to serve, to be humble, and stay engaged in the church setting. If this is your church, uh, and you're new, we welcome you. I know we've had some new families added, and it's just so awesome to see God adding to his church. This is your home. And if you are, if this is your church, you feel like, man, I've been a bit of a, an attender. I, I want to I participate. I want some skin in the game. I want fellowship and intimacy. It's not going to be super sexy. It's not going to be amazing. And, you know, it's not going to be just about you. It's going to be about other people. Join a group. There's awesome group leaders here today um, that would love to connect with you. Join a team. Um, 
just don't um, be the volunteer that has to get the donuts. <laughs> we stopped. We stopped doing it after that. That was maybe we did it a couple more times, but have some skin in the game, some active participation. Not because we need people, but because we want you to experience what happens when you serve Jesus Christ in the context of a local church, just like the people in Acts did when the church first began, and he's not finished what he started. It continues forward, and you have a role to play, not to sit on the sidelines, but to be a part of what God is doing, to be in fellowship, in koinonia, with each other. Why don't we stand to our feet and we'll just take a minute to... uh, to pray. Come on. We just want to give you an opportunity right quick with every eye closed, every head bowed. Maybe you say, you know what? I uh, I used to walk with the Lord, but I've walked away. Maybe you're, you're far from him and you feel that belonging forgiveness. I just, I forgive you. In the name of Jesus. Uh, if you're, if you're, if you're far from God and you're recognizing that's me today, There's something that pierces my heart because I recognize I'm not in fellowship. I just show up, do me, and I go home. That's not where God wants you. If you've you've never had an opportunity to respond to a a life-giving, personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that is where it starts today. If God is speaking to you right now, where He convicts you in such a loving way, He convicts but he comforts and he points out areas of your life where he's saying, you haven't given this over to me. Well, today is the day that you can give your life over to Jesus Christ. And he promises that he will live with you forever. Everything else in this world, physical bodies included, will fade away. Outwardly, we are wasting away. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day by day if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today and you want to start a personal relationship with Jesus Christ today, would you do me a favor and just put your hand up real quick? I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to pull you forward. I just want to know who I'm going to include in my prayer today. If you've never given your life to the Lord, today is your day. Amen. Thank you. Anyone else today want to say, yeah, I want to be a part of the family. I want to be adopted into God's family today. Amen. Come on, let's pray together, church. If that's you today, you just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you everything. Lord, I just thank you for every hand raised in this place. You're celebrating right now with your angels in heaven, Father. He he doesn't slumber or rest. He needs no alarm. You can shut that up. God's here today. His peace is with us today. Lord, I just pray for those that gave their lives to you, Lord, that are celebrating together in heaven, Lord. We thank you. For that's me. I'll see. Jeez, Lord. Like, I'm like, who in church? I'm sorry, Lord. I'm going to interrupt this prayer for a second. I'm like, who in church is leaving their phone on? Of course, there's a timer I set. Now, it was 35 minutes, okay? It wasn't 60. 
So I apologize. Thank you, Lord. There is forgiveness. There is forgiveness in the house of the Lord today. Come on. Are we going to do this together? We're a community of believers. Are we going to have fun? Because we're saved. We're going to be with Jesus forever. We're going to feel at home with one another and share deep intimacy. So come on. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we thank you for these hands raised. We thank you because today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, Father. We're going to live forever with you, God. And forever with our spiritual family, Lord. So we thank you for the, uh, the Holy Spirit, the work that you're doing today, God. Would you be with us, Lord? Bless us when we move forward in unity, Lord with some skin in the game and joint participation in your church, Lord, in your spiritual family. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.